We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We are just hours, days away from the opener. I pour myself a nice hot chocolate, even though it's still really hot in Cincinnati. Mike Santagata, Lindsey Patterson, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing awesome. Everything, you know, that we've got football. That's that's just no more fake stuff, no more quarterback rankings and all this stuff just to start arguments. We finally got actual football. I'm so pumped to talk about Sunday's matchup. I can't believe we get Bills and Rams tonight. Some have them as Super Bowl favorites. Obviously, the Rams just got off a Super Bowl win. I think that matchup's going to be a lot of fun, but we'll get to all the matchups, Super Bowl predictions, all of that fun stuff, and your questions out there on social media in our next segment. But one of the best things about this podcast, we have a producer, Nick Berlansky. He's going to join us because he's from Pittsburgh. Knows a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Bengals' week one opponent. So we'll get him on in just a matter of seconds. I want to go ahead and get to you, Mike. We talked plenty about the matchup. You have a great article on allbengals.com. Let's get to what you think is going to be the best part of this game one against the matchup of positions. So I think what I'm mostly looking for is, um, I think this is a key, how dominant is Trey Hendrickson against Dan Moore? Because last year, 12 pressures, two sacks, including a forced fumble. I mean, that's just, that's insane production. So if he could do one sack and like five, six pressures again, that just hampers so much of the Pittsburgh passing game because you're already looking at, Trubisky's probably not going to be playing at like an AA plus level. So when you take away five, six of his, uh, five or six of his pass attempts, then he really has to play better than he probably will be able to. But can Dan Moore look better? I mean, Dan Moore was a rookie. It was He was a rookie going against one of the best pass rushers. Maybe he's better this season. I don't know. So I think I'm watching that. I don't. I mean, I can't imagine Dan Moore gets the upper hand on Hendrickson, but <laughs> can he can he slow him down to Hendrickson only having like a B game, like three pressures and maybe a, a sack or half a sack? So that's the first one I look at is just how dominant can Trey Hendrickson be off the edge? Um, and the Pittsburgh running game, I know they tried to – quote unquote, improve their offensive line, but they signed a bunch of guys I didn't like. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't expect much, but hey, if they prove me wrong, like James Daniels is what some Bengals fans thought he would be. And Mason Cole is moving guys in that interior. And I don't know, whoever else takes a step forward, they got some young guys and they're moving the Bengals defensive line. That's a, that's a trouble because what they should want is for Trubisky to probably pass as much as he can. And uh, you know, to control the run game so that they can't move the ball as well as they, you know, just get Trubisky into third and longs. I think that's what people want to do to the Bears back when he was a quarterback there. And that's really what you want to do to any quarterback that doesn't really. Hey, Mitch could prove me wrong, but the Steelers drafted a guy for a reason. I don't think he's one of the guys, even if he's a pretty solid quarterback, at least considering if he was a backup or something, he'd be one of the best backups. I just don't think he's one of the best starters. He's probably not really a good starter. <laughs> I, I think when you hear about the Steelers team, the offense, the wide receivers, who do you think Eli Apple's going to be matched up with on Sunday? So this is interesting. I saw from my friend, because um, I live in the Pittsburgh area, <laughs> uh, that Deontay Johnson's really 50-50 for this game. 
And it's not like uh, he could have actually gone back into that game, that preseason game, like Tomlin said, there's actually concern about him playing. So I don't know if there'll be a better update tomorrow or it's going to be a real game time decision. Maybe he just plays and none of this matters, but that shoulder actually seems to be bothering him a little bit. So if he doesn't play, man, I can't imagine Pittsburgh playing that much 11 personnel, right? Because why would you bring onto the field like a Miles Boykin instead of just bringing in your fullback or Zach Gentry as an extra tight end? I don't know. Uh, let's say Deontay plays. Then I think that um, Eli Apple would mostly be matched up with George Pickens, although I am rooting for the Eli Apple-Chase Claypool rivalry to begin again because nobody's talking about it, but they had like five fights, not like full-on fights throwing punches, but like taking each other to the ground stuff. <laughs> I missed this. When did I miss this this matchup, this fight? I, I posted a little a little thread of just like all these different plays. Like there's one, Eli Apple tries to jam Claypool and Claypool starts fighting back. And then just both end up on the ground as part of a fight. There's another play. Ben throws the ball deep to Claypool. Apple pushes him down on the play. Um, there was a big hit that Eli Apple had on Claypool. I don't know. He seemed to really be getting under Claypool's skin. And I think they're both kind of a little bit similar personalities with uh, <laughs> they they're both kind of irritants for the for the opposition so when they went up against each other it felt like uh <clears throat> these guys just don't really like each other and i was kind of rooting for that to happen again but it sounds like they want claypool to be a, a power slot big slot guy this season but hey maybe if uh Deontay is in limited time maybe you do see that matchup again but yeah it, I, I mean it's on the all 22 but i don't think the broadcast ever highlighted because i think it was something that when i went back and watched i was like oh these guys are going at it i mean i'll never forget the tj watt joe burrow matchup one-on-one uh that was a little crazy but no i totally missed this i'm gonna have to go back and watch and look it on your twitter account Bengals underscore sands all right let's get our guy on our producer the guy behind the scenes who deserves a lot of credit and nick berlancy's gonna join us right now nick steelers Bengals, you're familiar you're in the pittsburgh area you know this team what's going on what's gonna happen on sunday for me right now, the biggest thing that I'm going to look at is going to be what the Steelers defense can do against Joe Mixon. Because if you look at what Mixon was able to do against the Steelers in those two games last year, it was almost unfair. Now, it is a little bit different on the up the middle of the Steelers defense. I know Mike has been banging the drum for Cam Hayward for the past couple of episodes. And it, it all due respect, that's where it should be. But the problem was the Steelers were still the worst defense against the run last year and Mixon exposed that in those two games so the two guys I want to look at is Miles Jack at the linebacker position and Tyson Alualu, who is now yes. back for the Pittsburgh Steelers those guys are going to be integral if they can clog up the middle a little bit better slow down Mixon I don't think they're going to stop him but if they can slow him down and not allow 150 yards like they did in one game last year maybe the Steelers can keep it a little bit closer yeah, the weather's going to be crazy. It could be raining. It could be storming. Obviously, that's going to be hard for any offense out there. I think the Bengals are going to try to establish the run game. But they obviously have wide receivers in T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. What matchup are you looking at when you look at the Steelers secondary against those guys? Funny enough, I don't think anybody really handled Jamar Chase well last year, but the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't get beat by Jamar Chase. They forced it to be somebody else. And the problem with the Bengals is, it can be somebody else. You mentioned there's Higgins, there's Boyd, who Pittsburgh fans will know very well. But T. Higgins was really the guy that completely embarrassed the Pittsburgh Steelers last year in the matchup. So the problem with the Steelers is they got beat by everybody except 
Jamar Chase. And the best thing for them to look at and focus on is maybe try to keep Chase in check, but also trying to shut down somebody else, whether that is mixing in the run game or it is one of the two other guys, because you're just not going to shut this entire offense down, specifically with the fact that the Steelers defense, despite being as good as it is, is going up against a much better Bengals offensive line. So it, it, they're going to have to get pressure to find success. And if they don't do that, then they're really going to have to count on the, these corners that are a little questionable on Sunday afternoon. The Bengals have had the last three matchups against them, but obviously if you look at the history the Steelers have had Cincinnati's number for quite some time, Mike Tomlin has been able to still produce doesn't really matter if Ben Roethlisberger was struggling last year. He still took a team to the playoffs. Obviously, they kind of backed in. But Mike Tomlin still terrifies me for some reason in an opener where everyone, I feel like, is taking Cincinnati. And it, mm-hmm. when you look at Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback, how do you feel about him in week one? I think the one thing you have to realize about Mitch Trubisky is he has had this job in the bag for a long time. It's been his job for a while, but Mike Tomlin just wasn't ready to say it for a while. He was keeping it from the public for whatever reason. I think Deontay Johnson a couple days ago said, oh, yeah, I learned that the first day I showed up at camp. They told me that that Mitch is the starter. So when you look at Mitch, he's a guy that's going to give you a little bit better, uh, in my opinion, than Ben Roethlisberger did last season. Uh, He's a little bit more mobile. He has a little bit more of an arm. The only question is going to be, Can that O-line hold up to give them the time to throw that deep ball, to throw those longer routes? If not, you're going to be really hoping that Claypool can adapt into that role. And then if Johnson's not prepared, you're going to have to hope that George Pickens can come in in his first career professional game and be able to create some space against the Bengals secondary because there's not going to be a lot of time for Mitch in that backfield. It's going to be a trial by fire. I think he's more than equipped to handle it. But it's going to be something where, of course, Bengals fans know he's going to have to be on the run like Joe Burrow was a couple seasons back. Not to look too far ahead, but you have Kenny Pickett on the sideline. Depth chart, he's going to be the number two quarterback right now. When is Kenny going to take the field this season? I think that the leash is at least the first couple of games. Like you're not going to see Kenny Pickett banging on the drum to get in. I mean, fans fans are going to be doing it the first time they touch down on Acrisure Stadium. But it, when you look at the actuality of it, Mitch Trubisky is going to get a pretty long leash here. Um, Patrick Mahomes kind of screwed everything up, taking that year off, and Alex Smith took that role and was the starter that year while Mahomes was ready. You saw it happen to Trey Lance last year. So I, I think you see a similar thing where. Steelers have a good defense, some really good talent on the outside, and a pretty good quarterback in Mitch Trubisky that could potentially make this team a playoff team if he plays to the top of his ability, similar to basically a, a great value level of Alex Smith. So maybe you don't see a picket at all this year, but I would think maybe after that buy is when you really start to see, especially if Trubisky is failing, that the Steelers are under 500, that's when you're going to see Pickett begin to get opportunities in the game. Mike, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. This is just way back. I guess I haven't mentioned Tyson Alualu very much, but I think he's at least two years ago, he was awesome. And uh, I do think that was actually the biggest, I mean, like me standing for a nose tackle, but uh, I think he was the biggest issue with the run game because they didn't have a nose tackle that they could play. They tried mm-hmm. Loudermilk and all these other guys there. I don't think they tried Wormley there, but they're mm-hmm. trying all these guys at nose tackle. And they even tried Cam Hayward there, which was probably the best. But then it's like you're missing Cam Hayward at three tech, which is better. (laughs) So I think that's actually big. If he could be 
as good as he was two years ago, at least just in the run game, doesn't even have to be that penetrator on stunts. But uh, if he could do that, then I think that can cause some issues for the Bengals run game at the mm -hmm. very least. So I appreciate the shout out for my guy, Tyson Lulu. I know I shouldn't be rooting for any Steelers or whatever, but I just think he had like a 36 year old breakout, which is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. That was his best season. And uh yeah, I think he was a good player. I, like, I don't think it was like a fluke. I thought he was actually a good mm -hmm. player. And um, if they can actually get him over the center and have him disrupt the run game, that's going to be pretty big. Uh, I guess the, the real question for me is, do you think that there's any way the Steelers – because what I see is the Bengals are heavy favorites, and what you really need mm -hmm. from that as the underdog is probably a few turnovers. Do you think the Steelers can really cause any meaningful – like? a two turnover type game. I know they have Minka Fitzpatrick and some havoc creators in their, on their defense, but do you think they can cause that? Or do you think it's more so because I agree that like if, if Mixon's cooking, that's, that's probably the worst yeah. <laughs> time for the Steelers because they'll just be able to play ball control and be the better team. Mm -hmm. But if they could slow down Mixon, do you think they can cause the turnovers too? Or do you think that, I don't know, it's a little dicey with uh, Joe Burrow and these weapons throwing against that secondary. Oddly enough, I think that also goes back to Miles Jack because last year, because of how bad the linebacker play was, they had to use Minka Fitzpatrick in a role where he was this guy that was all over the field, almost a, like less than a Troy Polamalu because he wasn't just playing free safety like that. But he was he was having to play up, play in those roles just to try to do something to stop the run. So hopefully Miles Jack's insertion helps them slow down the run and also frees up Minka Fitzpatrick to do what he does best, which is really just play the field, read the quarterback, and make a play on the ball. If he's able to do that, then I could see him making a big play. He only had two interceptions last year, but he's really a guy that if he's allowed to play that center field position, is one of the best at reading quarterbacks in the NFL. And the other question is going to be, how does Lyle Collins figure against TJ Watt? Because if Collins loses that battle, Watt is one of the best defensive ends in stripping the ball away from the quarterback. So if he gets to Joe multiple times on Sunday that could cause havoc and could potentially cause a turnover. I do think that the Bengals are very respectful to TJ Watt in terms of they usually chip the crap out of him, <laughs> but he has to get through two guys, not just Collins usually. Now maybe they think they got the upgrade at right tackle and they don't have to do that anymore. But if I, if it was me, I'd still be chipping the crap out of him. I don't care if I got the upgrade right tackle. Let's save that for somebody else, not the defensive player of the year. Yeah, I, I think one thing that makes me a little nervous, you talk about why that defensive line against this offensive line. Yes, the Bengals upgraded their offensive line when it comes to free agents, but this is going to be the first real live action game. They're going a little more hardcore in practice this week, but it's practice. It's different. It's it's not yeah. the real deal. It's not it wasn't preseason and it's not week one. So. I do think and, and Mike, you can add to this when it comes to being an offensive line guru, too. It's going to take a couple reps. It's going to take – it could take a whole half. It could take a whole game for this offensive line to really gel together. They're more talented, but you also have a rookie at the left guard position playing in his first NFL game. So that's a little terrifying when you think about the Steelers' defensive line going up against this team that's playing their O-line for the first time together. Especially the guys that are on that defensive line against him because he's either getting <laughs> Cam Hayward, who I've been banging throwing values, might be the second-best defensive tackle in the league, Oh, he's getting our friend Larry Ogunjobi, who's uh, can create some havoc himself. So, <laughs> I'm not excited for that particular match. I think that's something Pittsburgh has the advantage on, but we'll see. No. 
Sorry. Uh, the one last thing I did want to say, I said I had a nice little stat, not something that Bengals fans are going to particularly like, but when it comes to divisional underdogs in week one of the season, since 2014, the stat I heard today, the divisional underdogs are 28, nine and two against the spread. So with the spread being six and a half points, I don't know if I'd take the Steelers to win it. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's six and a half plus six and a half for the Steelers looks real appetizing. And uh, to add to stats, Bengals fans won't like one of, one of Mr. <laughs> Fitzpatrick's two interceptions last year was against Burrow. It was an end of a half thing. So I didn't think it was a detrimental one, but one of his picks was there. And two years ago, Miles Jack caught an interception against Joe Burrow by ripping the ball out of uh, Drew Sample's hands. I don't know if people remember that against the Jags. Well, there's two things that terrify me. It's Mike Tomlin being the underdog and the six and a half. I don't like anything about the six and a half. I really don't. I mean, can we just make that a little, little bit closer to game time? Because that's terrifying. Uh, but we'll get to that prediction, Super Bowl predictions. What's going to happen on Sunday week one? Nick Berlansky, he's going to join us all season because he knows this stuff. NFL fan, Pittsburgh guy. We'll play Pittsburgh twice, so we got to have them on more than once. And we'll get to all of that as we get back on. It's always game day in Cincinnati.